Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Thank you. (laughs) I'm super grateful for this opportunity. Pumped about today's message. We're going to be continuing on in our series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Drake kicked us off last week with the discipline of simplicity. Um, Today, like you said, we're going to be focusing on the rhythms of um, silence and solitude and Sabbath. Super, super excited. These are some incredible practices. Um, I wholeheartedly believe play a huge role in this conversation of slowing down the pace of our lives and ruthlessly eliminating hurry. So I love that we are diving into this series, heading into the holiday season too, um, because no matter what your holidays look like, I think this just tends to be one of the busier seasons of the year, right? We're taking vacations, but they don't really feel like vacations because families can be a lot sometimes. Um, Families are coming to us, which is great, but also hosting can add on that kind of um, extra pressure as well. Um, We're taking time off work, which again is awesome, but we also feel the weight of what's waiting for us when we get back, right? For my college students in the room, I know finals are just around the corner. We have year-end review coming up with work. It's just a busy season. And no matter where you're walking in today on your spiritual journey, I think we all feel this, right? Even outside of these next few months, busyness is everywhere. Like uh, Drake mentioned this last week as well, but what's the most common thing that somebody says when you ask them how they're doing, how their day was? Busy, right? Or I'm good. I'm just so busy. Um, And so Busyness in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's also nothing something we can always control either, right? I think um, we just live in a, a busy world, but it's definitely when busyness turns into hurry, when we start to feel the weight of our busyness, um, when you have too much to do, not enough time or energy to do it in. You feel like you can't catch your breath. Um, we think about everything that we have to do more than being present to what we're actually doing. And if you're like me, when we get to that place, um, we can become kind of unpleasant people to be around, right? So you say it kindly. Um, we become, you know, living from the surface, just really reactive and unloving um, because, again, we're so focused on everything that we have to do and trying to do that well that the people and things that matter most just end up getting um, whatever's left over. So, Drake said this um, last week as well. I just want to reiterate that love is incompatible with hurry. Peace and joy, too, are incompatible with hurry. I don't know about you. I think about some of my worst moments um, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, my most unloving moments, and they're almost always when I'm in a hurry. And so what we're going to be talking about today is that these two disciplines, silence and solitude and Sabbath, are so important to eliminating this problem of hurry. And I don't want you to hear um, that today's conversation is about doing less. Okay, that's not um, the ask here. Um, It's about finding our strength and our rest and our joy out of an abundant relationship with God through practicing silence and solitude daily and Sabbath weekly. I believe these practices are tools that God has given us to disrupt this space of hurry, to recenter, remind ourselves of truth and find encouragement and ultimately rest um, in him. And when we're living from that space, right, from rest, we're more loving, more present with the people around us, more patient. Um, Definitely things I know I could use a little bit more of, especially heading into this next season. So before we dive in any further, guys, just need to 
take a minute and be transparent with you all just about where I'm walking in um, today. Drake said it last week how crazy it was that um, his message on simplicity was falling on the same day as this invitation for the, the Here for Good campaign. And um, now just how ironic it really is that today's message in this whole series is about finding rest, living um, unhurried lives. And this last week or a couple of weeks have I kid you not, literally been some of the busiest of my life. I found out about two and a half um, weeks ago I was gonna be spending this last week in Florida um, for work. There's a lot changing um, just with my job and, job and trying to figure um, all of that out. So without diving into details just here, it was an insanely busy, crazy week. Um, just a lot, of do, lot to do and a lot of brain power um, to get it done. And on top of that, trying to be a good wife, a good friend, um, preparing for this message um, too. And so I just had to be intentional, right? To make time to get alone um, with Jesus, to quiet my mind enough to just comprehend what I was reading, right? And give the space to God and allow him to work um, and, and do what he wanted with that space. Yesterday, Seth and I Sabbath really hard. And so that's all, I mean, just to, to tell you guys um, that uh, just to be honest with you, right? That I don't know, honestly, that I could be up here today if I hadn't um, done that. So I'm with you guys. I'm in this with you, battling hurry every single day and still figuring out God's design um, for these practices and, and how to find rest in him. Um, I also need you guys to hear today that today's conversation is seriously the tip of the iceberg. We could spend weeks on both of these practices and I have about 20 minutes to dive into them with you today. Um, so just know today's conversation is the starting line, an invitation to explore these practices further. Uh, no matter where you're walking in today on your spiritual journey, I wholeheartedly believe that this conversation will be helpful for you. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in. The first thing I want to do today is to define these practices, talk about why they're so important and why as followers of Jesus, we are called to live them out. Um, so first and foremost, silence and solitude. Silence is exactly what it sounds like. Silence. <laughs> quiet, right? But I mean like actually quiet. No music playing in the background, the TV isn't on, nothing to distract your mind other than your own thoughts. I mean real silence. Solitude means get alone, just you and the big guy. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with spending time with Jesus in a group with your spouse, with your friends, um, but there is something unique about spending time alone with God. It's why Jesus would often go away to be with God, to learn from him and pray to him individually from other people. So some examples of this in scripture when Jesus got alone to spend time with God. Mark 1.35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Uh, Matthew 14.23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. One more, <laughs> Luke 6, verse 12. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. We're talking about Jesus here, okay? God Nabad, as Drake likes to say, would often and regularly go away to a quiet place to spend time with God. And what's so cool about these verses too, guys, if you look immediately after he prays, Jesus would emerge from that time with purpose and direction and clarity and identity. Right before he chose his 12 disciples, he prayed and God gave him that clarity. Mark 1:38, right after he was done praying, he says to his bro Simon, we must go on to other towns as well and I will preach to them too. That is why I have come purpose. Right after Matthew 14, 23, Jesus walks on water. See what you guys can do when you pray? Maybe not that last one. You get my point though. Um, and so something to point out here to you guys is that Jesus was a busy guy. Okay, there's a reason he would get up at the crack of dawn and stay up all night to be with God. It's because he had a lot to do during his day, but he knew that none of what he was doing would matter if he did it without God. The author of this book, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, that we're kind of basing this um, series out of, his name is John Mark Homer. He shares a quote from Henry Nouwen that says, 
Without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. We do not take spiritual life seriously if we do not set aside time to be with him and listen to him. Shoot. <laughs> um, and yet somehow, guys, this is one of the most challenging practices to, uh, to practice uh, consistently, right? Why is that? Comer states this in his book as well from Dallas Willard. We see it in that, that video um, every week that hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life. You may have heard this one before, but here's again. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy, right? Distracted, unmotivated. Why is it the hardest spiritual discipline? I think it's because the enemy knows that if he can keep you distanced and disconnected from God, you won't have the source of love and peace and strength that you need to live the best life that God has for you. And so what led me to dig back into this book um, just a few months ago was that life got busy, right? It was just a season where there was a lot to do. And instead of finding, you know, rest in Jesus and prioritizing silence and solitude and Sabbath, I started to let my schedule lead my life. My responsibilities started to come first. And Jesus was just getting lost in my list of to-dos. And that led me to this just constant state of restlessness. And uh, so because I wasn't finding comfort and rest and joy in Jesus first, I began turning to things like coffee, TV, alcohol, just about anything I could consume to satisfy the desires of my soul that I was not finding in God. And guys, that's not to say, okay, that coffee, TV, alcohol are bad things, not at all. Um, But I was looking to those things to feel joy, to find rest and comfort before finding those things in God first. And that's where those things can become a little unhealthy. Um, So I recognized that there was a problem, but my first response was to attack the habits, right? I got some people in my corner for accountability, not a bad thing at all, but I was asking them to check in on if I drank coffee that day instead of checking in on my God time, right? I was blind to the heart issue that my relationship with Jesus was suffering. I wasn't turning to him for joy and comfort and rest, the only sure, uh, sure thing that could truly satisfy and fulfill my soul. I also became really insecure in my relationships with Seth, especially looking to him for affirmation, needing to be needed and loved by him with this constant fear of rejection, not because of anything that he did to communicate that he didn't, you know, love me or appreciate me, right? But I couldn't even accept his love because I wasn't looking to God for what he says about me first. And guys, that's what it was for me, but what is it for you? What do you turn to for joy, rest, comfort, affirmation? Is it making sales at work, getting a good grade on that exam, praise from your boss, running that marathon, relationships, food, um, whatever it is, what good thing have you let become a God thing in your life? And is it working? Seriously, I mean, long term, not just instant gratification, not just a feeling in a moment, but is your spirit restful and joyful and peaceful and confident? Guys, I believe with everything in me that it's not until we are rooted in what God says about us and finding joy and love from the source itself that we can live and love the way we were designed to. So how do we get there, right? To live out of the spirit of restfulness and and peace. Um, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Fullness of life and power that comes from understanding the love of God, this love of God that keeps us strong as we trust in him. And how do we understand the love of God? By spending time with him, right? By learning from him, praying to him, by practicing silence and solitude, quiet alone times with God, allowing him to fill our souls with his truth and his presence. And guys, we see this idea everywhere in scripture that we find peace 
in grace and love as we grow in our knowledge of God, our understanding of who he is and what he did for us. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Pray about everything. Guys, in some of my darkest moments of fear, bitterness, insecurity, shame, just darkness, when I choose to pray, God meets me in that place. And he doesn't always fix everything, but his peace guards my heart and my mind. I know that everything's gonna be okay because I have a God who is strong, who is with me in the chaos that is this life, who is bigger than my circumstances, bigger than my feelings, who gives me clarity, wisdom, peace, grace, um, security, and, and direction. Are you guys getting this? Okay, daily time with Jesus is so much more than a box to check, right? Than something we have to do to say we did it. It's something we get to do that offers us fullness of life and power and strength and a peace that exceeds all understanding. The day you give your life to Jesus, you are choosing to start a relationship with him. And it really is similar to any other relationship. I know we hear that a lot, but um, I mean, main difference, right? He created you in the world and is all powerful and all present and all that stuff. But similarly to other relationships, it grows with time. Right, grows deeper as we get to know him better and better. Our passion grows stronger. Our purpose and identity become more and more clear. But it all takes time alone with God. I think a lot of the time where we get discouraged, myself included, is when we do put in the time. We're prioritizing quiet times with Jesus and it feels like nothing's happening, right? We're entering that space, uh, maybe distracted and, and not leaving feeling much of anything. But guys, what I've learned in this last season is that it's okay to have a little grace with yourself in that space. I, for a long time, had really high expectations for myself going into my quiet times that I had to leave with something profound, you know, leave more connected to God, just learning something new. Um, and not to say, guys, that he won't do that or doesn't, because he can, um, and he does. But our job and what God asks of us is to simply keep showing up, keep choosing him, keep trusting that the time that you're putting in is developing a deeply rooted foundation in Jesus so that when the seasons of life come, they hit you like a dump truck, and they will, right? We have access to all peace, all joy, all wisdom that came from the time that we put into developing an abiding relationship with Jesus. So Drake and I decided um, to combine silence and solitude and Sabbath into the same message in this series. I realized in diving into these two practices that they both carry a lot of weight when it comes to this topic of abiding. I looked up that word, abide, I love this definition. It says, to remain stable or fixed in a state. So through practicing silence and solitude daily and Sabbath weekly, we are developing this abiding relationship with God to remain in a constant state of being with Jesus. And so Sabbath defined uh, simply means day of rest, to stop working one day out of our week to slow down, express gratitude and delight in God and his creation. And guys, just to be transparent, again, I'm still in the process of learning God's design for the Sabbath. In fact, a lot of what I'm gonna share with you today, I literally learned about a few months ago and, and really digging into this book. So again, just to say, I'm in this with you. Um, I think what's tripped me up for so long when it comes to the Sabbath is just in different seasons of my life, I've either convinced myself I don't need the Sabbath, don't deserve it. Um, we're just believing a lot of lies um, about the Sabbath. And so what stood out to me in this chapter of the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry um, on Sabbath, it was a huge turning point for me in in my understanding of the Sabbath was Comer's discussion on desire and how desire is directly linked to the Sabbath. Um, and so 
Um, yeah, he starts out this chapter on Sabbath by sharing that as human beings, we will never stop wanting more. So it comes to that, that conversation of desire. No matter how many vanilla sweet cream cold brews I drink from Starbucks, or how many times I rewatch The Office, or Friends, or how many Avery IPAs I drink, no matter how much I consume, I will never stop wanting more. And guys, fill in the blank for yourself, right? Whatever you're consuming for affirmation and comfort and pleasure, we will never stop wanting more. It's in our nature as human beings. And the only thing that can fully satisfy the deepest desires of our soul is Jesus. Comer shares that desire in and of itself is a good motivator, but it's when desire starts driving our lives, right? When we become out of control is when it can become dangerous. When good things become God things, they become bad things. Um, when we get to that place, right, where our desires are leading our lives, we get restless to this constant state of never not wanting more. And so where Sabbath comes in is that it forces us to stop, to slow down, stop working, stop consuming, and just remember that God is in control. Sabbath can set the tone for the rest of our lives. By practicing this discipline, we can live out of a spirit of restfulness that comes from abiding in God and finding everything that we need in a relationship with Him. And so I wanna share just some of the lies that I told myself for a long time when it came to practicing a Sabbath, like I said, reasons why I either think I didn't need it or maybe didn't deserve it, um, just in case any of you resonate, and then just some brutally honest truths about why those reasons are dumb. So, lie number one, I'm too busy, right? Can't stop for a whole day, I have too much to do. Truth, God took a day off, right? God, just in the middle of creating the world and everything in it, no big deal, he still chose to take a day to delight in his creation and rest. Not that he needed it, but I absolutely believe he was setting an example for this day, for his design for the Sabbath, knowing how he created us to need rest and in turn to find it in him. Line number two, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I get a lot of rest throughout my week. I don't feel like I need to take a whole day off. Again, I've been on both sides of this conversation. Um, and so truth, what does your rest look like throughout your week? I'm gonna pick on you, but again, it's because I've been here. Is it binging Netflix? right? Scrolling TikTok, doing chores around the house, doing the grocery shopping, hint, that's not rest. And something else to point out here to you guys is that um, Sabbath is not just a day off. I want to make sure that's really clear to, you know, get things done you couldn't get to throughout your week, to schedule out your next week, um, to get the chores done around the house, go grocery shopping, whatever it is. Sabbath is designed to be intentional, that you are doing what is truly restful for your soul, practicing gratitude and delighting in this incredible life. So line number three is I'm not really crushing it in a lot of other areas of my life right now. I don't feel like I deserve a Sabbath, deserve to, to rest and to delight. And uh, the truth here is a little bit more brutal, but we don't deserve Jesus either, right? And so the good news here, guys, is that we have a good God, one who gives us good gifts that we will never deserve because God's favor isn't something that you earn, right? It's something you inherit by making the decision to believe in and follow Jesus. And so the gift to practice a Sabbath weekly and find rest in Jesus is something we get to do out of choosing to be in a relationship with him. Mark 2, 27, Jesus shares that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. God created you. That means he knows your limits and your needs. And when we don't practice the Sabbath, we will reach a crashing point where I was just a few months ago to where Jesus has to command the Sabbath in our lives because of our human condition to keep moving and doing and working and consuming. When we don't practice the weekly Sabbath, we're distancing ourselves from God and from ourselves. What I notice when I'm not taking this time to reconnect with God, I start to feel out of touch with my life and my thoughts. I'm out of control and just moving through life but not getting anywhere. And so by commanding the Sabbath, Jesus is telling us to slow down, 
simplify our lives by focusing on what really matters, that this is a day to rest in the confidence that God is in control, that the world will keep turning if you take this day. In fact, I think you will find it will run a lot smoother for you um, when you do. And so practically, the Sabbath will look different for different people, right? What's restful for you? I mean, really restful. Maybe it means sleeping in, right? Taking your time, getting up, spending some quiet alone time with Jesus, finding a space in your house to get into God's word, remind yourself of God's truth to to lead your day, praying about what's on your heart and just giving the day to him. And then maybe you go grab a breakfast burrito, right? Spend some time, intentional time with your friends, your spouse, your family, just to be together and enjoy one another. Get outside, soak in some rays, go for a bike ride, go see a movie, make a home-cooked meal for dinner, go out to dinner, a game night with good friends, take a drive into the mountains, eat some more, just delight and enjoy and live. Guys, Jesus commands us to spend an entire day every week to literally just enjoy everything good that he has blessed you with. And what do we get when we do this? Gratitude, right? Joy, peace, trust, humility, a spirit of restfulness that sets the tone for the rest of our lives. So through practicing Sabbath, we are confessing that we are not what we do and that Jesus is holding all things together. And hear me on this. Okay, the Sabbath should absolutely be something that you look forward to, but it also shouldn't make every other day of the week suck. Does that make sense? In order to fully enjoy the Sabbath and not just need a whole day of sleep, right, because you're so exhausted from your week, we have to practice slowing down in every area of our lives. So from practicing silence and solitude and simplicity, like Drake talked on last week, in Sabbath, we can live unhurried lives. Um, I personally think that this whole series, this message of eliminating hurry in our lives, can be wrapped up from just one passage in scripture. Um, Just a couple of verses that really sum up the design that Jesus has for our lives to be restful and unhurried. So it's out of Matthew um, 11, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That's good news. I don't know about you. I hear that. I'm like, sign me up. Anyway, where are you guys walking in today? Weary? Carrying some heavy burdens? Feeling the weight of hurry? Me too. Um, Maybe what you were taught in the past has uh, made silence and solitude seem more like a, a rule or a chore, right, instead of a gift. Maybe you're believing a lie about the Sabbath, convincing yourself you don't need it or don't deserve it. Um, And so what I desire for you to walk away with today, guys, is the truth that these are gifts from God to find rest and a peace that exceeds all understanding and joy. My hope is that you'll enter into silence and solitude this week with a personal desire to get to know God better and to strengthen your relationship with him because you know that in that space you will find peace and encouragement and strength and rest that you'll practice the weekly Sabbath to enjoy God's creation, live life to the full by slowing down, finding rest in God and trusting that he is in control. So to wrap up our time, I'll say this, today's entire message can be summed up in these words, spend time with Jesus daily and practice a Sabbath weekly. Now, I realize that is a lot easier said than done. These are called disciplines for a reason. So I wanted to give you guys a few tips on just how to make this happen um, and how to grow in these areas this week. Number one, 
find an accountability partner. I realized as I was trying to develop some new habits and break old ones, it was nearly impossible to do it alone. I reached out to Danielle. We started texting each other our God times from our week. It was so simple, but so effective. Just seeing her text come through was incredibly encouraging and motivating. Um, city groups are an incredible outlet for this, right? That's what Drake was talking about. They're there to get you connected to a community. They're to encourage you and pray for you and keep you accountable. If you're not a part of a group, I want you to hear that you are welcome exactly as you are, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey. We want to get you plugged in. Um, if you are in a group and you haven't taken that next step to really open up, maybe now's the time. I could sit here and give you a whole other message on the importance of vulnerability. I'll save that for another time, but that's just to say, guys, those circles are, are safe spaces and those people um, are, are on your side and, and want to help you. Uh, number two, soap. This is a tool for your quiet time. Some of you might know about this. For those of you that don't, SOAP is an acronym um, that stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So during your daily quiet times, grab a journal, choose a verse or a passage from what you're reading, and write down what you notice, what it makes you feel, think about, literally anything. Um, and then think through an application. What's something you can apply to your day, an action step um, that you can take um, just out of what you read? And then pray, right? Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. If you guys are struggling on where to start, what you should be reading, how to pray, we have resources for you. We have a spiritual growth resources page on our website where we will literally tell you what chapter to read on what day. Um, we have a daily devotional out in the lobby and some journals. Take one. They're super free. Um, we can get you a Bible. Guys, we're here to help you, uh, eager to serve you. So all you need to do is ask. Um, this conversation is also coming at the perfect time because starting next week, uh, November 28th, we're going to be diving into this book together. It's a daily devotional. Um, it's going to be 28 days leading up to Christmas. Again, next Sunday, uh, we'll be kicking that off. Super pumped to get into that with you guys. You can purchase it online, hard copy or, or digitally. Um, yeah, super excited for that. And so guys, just to wrap up on silence and solitude, um, I want you to hear that there is no right or wrong way to do it. Okay, showing up is the success, so just take 15 minutes um, out of your day. Start there. Something is better than nothing, and remember to have a lot of grace with yourself in that, um, in that space. When it comes to Sabbath, plan your Sabbath ahead of time. Make a plan for how you will spend your day, or it will get away from you, I promise. Take some time during your week to work through a plan so that you can make sure you don't have to work on your Sabbath. Um, last one here, number four, set boundaries on your Sabbath with technology, with people. Turn your notifications off for the day. Turn your phone off altogether. Um, say no to good things so that you can say yes to the best things. And guys, these are just some of the things that I've learned and have experienced to be helpful, but figure out your own rhythms and what's going to work best for you. Pray about it. Ask God what's going to be most helpful for you. Um, he knows you better than you do, definitely better than, than I do. So guys, I just encourage you to take these practices seriously. Think and pray about just one next step that you can take um, this week to grow in these disciplines. Like I said earlier, this conversation is the tip of the iceberg, so keep digging in, keep asking questions. I can't even begin to tell you what these practices have done for my life and what I believe that they can do for yours. And remember that these are gifts from God. I believe that God loves you deeply, that he cares for you and created you to live in a deep and abiding relationship with him that grows from time in his word, in prayer, um, finding rest in him and life to the full. And so to close this out, Drake said something in one of our prayer meetings a few weeks ago. I just wanted to share it with you all. Um, it was so good. He said, um, there isn't more of God to get. There's more of us to surrender. It really just reminded me that God has so much in store for us. And um, we have access to all of it when we choose him, when we surrender our time, our pride, our desires, more of ourselves and our life to God. I've come to believe after a lot of trial and error on my end um, that 
God's will for my life is so much better than anything I can hope for or imagine um, for myself. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus in the room, um, I just hope this is all encouraging to you. Um, Everything in store for you out of an abiding relationship with Jesus. I want you to hear that you have a choice today, right now, to say yes to him, to trust him. God gives us the choice to pursue him. We're not forced. That's called abuse. Um, And I believe with all my heart that there's so much for you um, out of a deep and abiding relationship with him. Come to me. He says, let me teach you. I will give you rest for your souls from the weight of the world as it is today. For his yoke is easy to bear and the burden he gives is light. Let's pray together.